This is the Build Your Path podcast, where we explore how people get into their careers in the built environment. Today's guest is Brad Sims. Dr. Sims became Capital Technology University's 8th president in 2017. He's an educator, administrator, and construction project manager. And Dr. Sims has extensive experience both in academia and the industry. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Shapiro and Duncan. Build the lifestyle you deserve. Welcome on into the Build Your Path podcast, hosted by myself, Matthew Pine. I am with my guest today. Brad Sims, Capital Technology University. I started a, a bachelor's in construction management program from the ground up in North Carolina. So, uh, Brad, we're definitely uh, appreciative of you being on the podcast today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. So, maybe you can walk through with our listeners, uh, you know, how you got to where you are now, uh, what, maybe what pathway did you follow to get where you wanted to be? Sure. I've had a, a unique um, kind of roundabout way to get into higher education and, and construction. Uh, I started out... As I was growing up, my, my father worked at the steel mills up in uh, northern Indiana, and uh, uh, he, he wanted me to go to college, and uh, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, so he, he said, why don't you go into engineering? He said, that's what I, I think you should do. So uh, when I graduated from high school, I went to Purdue University, and I started out there because they had more choices in engineering than any other University in Indiana, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So that first year uh, in engineering, um, I was taking all the basic courses, but it, it was just math and science, really. And um, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was okay, but I thought, you know, I, I think I need a more practical degree. And so uh, a friend on my floor, I lived in the dorm, had uh, looked into building construction management at Purdue and provided me all the information and I went on a tour with uh, the admissions counselor and talked to some of the faculty, saw the labs, and I said, man, this is really cool. You know, the, the, the ability to go in the lab and do hands-on stuff, to uh, take a full set of blueprints and go through those and estimate those and, and understand the whole process. It was a business degree, which really resonated with me, but it was focused on the construction industry, which was very interesting. So. I changed my majors to uh, building construction management and I went through the cycle of that and graduated and uh, didn't know exactly, uh, you know, which segment I wanted to go into because most of the construction management degrees at universities are pretty generic towards commercial construction. But I had an offer to go into uh, what was basically industrial construction at the Savannah River site, and which was in South Carolina. So that was my first job out of school. And Actually, the way that they even picked me to interview me for the job was they pulled resumes from the Purdue database, and in there I had used Primavera scheduling software, and they needed that expertise. So I had the interview based upon that, and I got hired into that. So went down to uh, Savannah Riverside, and uh, I, I was in project controls on waste and environmental projects, and uh, it was part of the Department of Energy, and I thought, while I was doing that, you know, maybe it'd be interesting 
to move into more of the private sector work. So I started looking around and uh, had an interview with the division of Raytheon Engineering now called Badger Engineers, which they're, they're out of business. They were absorbed by Raytheon, but they were a global engineering design construction industrial construction facilities up in Boston. So they provided me a job offer and I moved up to Boston. And I was working on uh, projects that were like EB styrene, plastics, you know, refinery type of work out of the Boston office. And uh, uh, the economy was slowing down. This was in um, the 90s. And so I decided to go ahead and look for another job that, that, that for a different company. And I put my resume out and uh, this company out of uh, Minnesota is called Churning Contracting that did uh, industrial facilities, mostly refineries. They had a project in Southern California. They needed uh, project management, project controls, and uh, took that job. And they sent me out to California. I was the second person on the job site. It's a big Arco refinery right off to 405. And uh, it was a three-year project. So it was very interesting. Uh, and enjoyed it immensely being out on this huge 25-acre uh, refinery that we were working. I was in a union contracting company. And ha we were doing half the work. And the other half the work was done by non-union company. And um, you know, I worked alongside them. And we each had probably over 500 trades folks on the job site. So it was a big, big site of construction going on. And uh, as that project was nearing the end of it, um, the uh, company said, you know, we had to start thinking about where we're going to send you to the next project. And at about that time, I thought, well, you know, maybe it'd be um, nice to get a master's degree. And, uh, and then, because... It just came upon me that maybe a master's degree would help me move into eventually being like a vice president of operations type of position. So I uh, looked around at the uh, different type of master's degrees. Um, I was a technical person from, uh, I had computer experience. So I kind of did that along with my project management and uh, I called my uh, professors. This is, you know, before the internet was something big and they said, why don't you go to the University of Florida and get a master's degree in construction management? They have the oldest, best program in construction. So I applied and, and uh, Florida gave me a full scholarship for the tuition. And uh, I moved across the country to Florida, started at University of Florida. And, and when I started, I found out I could, uh, I could get a master's degree because my background was the same in 12 months and be back to, to work in industry. And so uh, while I was working on that, um, the Purdue called me and said, hey, we know you're going to be done. We have a deal for you. If you come back to Purdue as a graduate instructor, we'll pay for you to get a doctorate and we'll pay you a salary to teach as a graduate instructor. And uh, I was married by then and we didn't have any children and my wife's in the medical field so she could get a job pretty easy and we talked about it. And I said, okay, well, if they're going to pay for a doctorate, you know, I'll try that out. So we moved to Indiana and, uh, I was working on the doctorate and teaching classes and that took uh, almost three years. And as I was coming to the end of that, um, I thought, you know, I'd really like to be back in the industry, mostly, you know, trying to work towards being something like a big kind of a oper operations global view. So I was trying to get into and uh, the, uh, the industry people who are coming to hire the undergraduates. And I was talking to those folks about the job. They, they weren't sure what to do with me. 
and remember this is in 1999 and I was I said well I just want to be in operations it's, it's you know but they're like well you've got a PhD and I never really thought that would make a difference but in 1999 it kind of made a difference and so I talked to the universities about teaching and all the universities wanted me because I had a PhD and I had industry experience so um, I had a couple job offers uh, one was to go back to the University of Florida be assistant professor, and one was for a software company called Prolog Manager, which was in the in in that time period that was project management software for the construction industry, and uh, the offer for that was to be on the road basically four days a week doing sales and implementation of software, and the other one was being an assistant professor in the construction management program. And so I, I made the choice that I thought it'd be better just to not travel around all the time and, and take that job. So I took that job back at Florida, was a system professor in the construction program, and then um, had an opportunity because we were members of an international building organization over in Europe to take a year leave of absence and go over as basically as assistant director over in Holland, get the experience of living in Europe I thought was positive as well. It was a global uh, research uh, construction group. Uh, and then uh, while I was over there, I had written a proposal to start a new construction program degree for my friend at Western Carolina University in North Carolina. And that was approved to start. So uh, I was about a year in Europe and um, they called me and said, hey, can you come start it? And uh, talked to my, my wife about it. And we we're like, okay, we'll go to North Carolina. So I went there and I started a, brand new construction undergraduate degree at first on campus uh, for, for that university. And then I, um, I added a complete online master's degree in construction management because I knew more students would attend at that level being online. And then from that, it grew very, very quickly to large number of students. And then I was thinking about it, I, I, I became a department head. I thought, well, you know, I really wanted to be a vice president of operations in the construction industry, but maybe if I followed the track at the university where I become a dean next and then I become a provost, maybe I can become a president of a university and, you know, have more influence about having good construction programs. So I followed that path and that led me to where I am today at Capital Technology University. So what has it been like to you know, first work in industrial construction and then move into higher ed? Well, industrial construction, uh, it was, you know, when you went to school for uh, construction management, the focus was on commercial construction. So I learned a lot just because, you know, each segment of the industry is, is unique upon itself. So in industrial construction, there is there is so much small bore and large bore pipe that <laughs> that you don't have in, in regular commercial construction. You learn that some of that drives the cost based on lineal feet of small bore and, and large bore uh, pipe that you install. But you understand that your project management principles that you've learned for the construction industry and estimating and scheduling all apply no matter if it was the industrial segment or residential or highway segment. So industrial was fun because those were usually uh, long-term projects where you'd be on a site for maybe two to three years versus some of the smaller project commercials, like if you're building a Walmart or something, are usually like a six-month project. 
So I enjoyed industrial construction and it was of course uh, one of the safest types of construction because in industrial construction, there's things that can blow up. And so safety was extremely important. And uh, I learned a lot about all the uh, safety rules and regulations besides what I had in class that I didn't think about until I was in more of a, what would be more of a hazard type of construction. So it was very, very much a, a great segment to go into. And, you know, you can transfer those industrial construction can be refineries, it could be power plants, it could be wastewater treatment facilities. Those are all type of projects that you can use the, the same type of knowledge behind. And, and some of that I've learned on the job site with the equipment that, that's operated in industrial, whether it's valve or a pump, um, there's a large pieces of equipment. And uh, I, I learned about the technology that, that turned those items on and off from the uh, computer control room. And so that enhanced my IT because now I understand that connection, which we use today is called operational technology. So I made the connection via the industrial construction to the IT world more closely. So being in, in higher ed, would you say that you are passionate working with young people? I'm passionate to give opportunities to young people is the way that, I mean, I've taught for years myself. And then as I, as I went into more administrative role, I taught less but the influence I've had. So yeah. I've, had, I've been at uh, six universities in different states, and at each one of those universities, I've influenced programming in the construction area. And when I think back about how many thousands of students probably have graduated over the years in, in the programs that I've influenced, that's what really is passionate, is because I've given them a great career. These are careers that you can stay in the rest of your life. They're high paying careers. So, so I enjoy that aspect of just providing that, that opportunity to students and other STEM fields as well. But, but it's just that that makes me happy. That's the way I'm giving back. Because if I had stayed in construction, I probably would be making more money than I am today in higher education. But, but giving back that opportunity to whether you're a military person or a young 18 year old, you know, to get this career opportunity in the industry, that's, that's been really a great passion for me. So say, you know, a younger person or just anybody really in general came up to you and said, you know, I'm thinking about ma majoring in construction management. What would you tell them? I would say that really it's, it, construction is, is such a, a great opportunity that you can build yourself. So in construction, it's the, if you take away the government and military numbers of employees, construction industry is the largest employer in the United States. And you can, you can find your niche in it. So if you go in construction, you could go into trade, you can go into management, you can go in IT, you can be indoors, you can be outdoors, you can, you can work in the software elements like uh, BIM, Building Information mm -hmm. Modeling, is just a whole segment could be at some company you could work in. And, and I was fortunate enough that back in the 90s, I, I was involved with Bechtel whenever they came out with their first walkthroughs in the 90s, which were the precursors of BIM. Got to see the evolution of that. You could, if you like uh, unmanned systems, there's construction companies now that have their own full divisions of unmanned systems because uh, 
flying like a drone is an inexpensive way to do certain inspections and other elements. So, so the industry has vast opportunities and uh, you, you can kind of figure out what's more in line with where I want to be. And, and, and those choices, again, I mean, that some people, uh, some students that, I've, I've, that, that I think have thought that they wanted an office job, they go out on an internship and they're out in the job site in a field trailer and they love it so much, then they end up in the superintendent route overseeing the day-to-day -day construction. So the opportunities are tremendous. Uh, and I, I can't imagine an industry segment that, that provides so much variety to you and allows you to progress your career. Um, some of the really big companies um, usually even provide rotations. So if you're, if you're a new graduate, they may rotate you through every type of division for a year and then you get to pick which division fits where you want to be whether that's estimating scheduling project management project engineer superintendent software it it, it is just a tremendous opportunity and well-paying careers also the statistics as no there's a big uh, salary company it's called pause pas is the abbreviation and they do uh, construction salaries every year averages across the different disciplines and they sh they say based on their data that the amount of increase in your pay is usually higher in the construction industry than any other industry across the U.S. So it's a great way to increase your salary because uh, the industry has has a great great need for employees and if you're highly motivated self-motivated a good employee, you can you can kind of write your own ticket, and it's it's just one of those industries that drives the U.S. economy. So so why not pick it? <laughs> well, I think you just touched on it there. So looking at maybe a little bit of a future outlook, uh, what do you see as some of the challenges that the industry faces? And maybe talk a little bit about how you know universities, two-year, four-year uh, college, four-year university like Cap Tech are helping to fill the gaps. Sure. So, you know, the, the industry still has huge demands at both the trades and, uh, and management level of, of needing employees. And, and that's always, I mean, as long as we have a good economy, that's always going to be a challenge because the industry just needs so many people. And the projections from groups like Associated Builders and Constructors have charts out there you can go look at that just show the demand, and especially with the critical infrastructure facilities. So the, the technology is really now starting to change. In, construction industry has been slow on changing with technology because some of the aspects of building, of course, is physical. You've got to be on a job site, and you, somebody has to physically be there to, to build it. We don't have robots designed yet that can build the facilities for us. So, so there's a lot of elements that, that you need physical people out there. But the technology has changed with uh, doing anything from simple reports, which now are usually inputted into an iPad that gets transferred back to blueprints. They don't now anymore, you, you don't really roll out blueprints. You know, you, you look at the, digit, tell, uh, the digital representation on some device, right? And so, and there's automatic takeoffs. The software like the building information modeling software really is, um, it is is a changer in the way that you can look and save money based on the way it's designed, the interferences and stuff. The uh, there there are there based on the shortage of of uh, employees, especially in the trades. 
there is more push on looking at more uh, robotic technology that was never there before. So technology is really coming into focus in the industry. And I think that's the challenge as, as part of uh, the programs that are out there. Um, the management programs, project management is project management. The tools you use change all the time. And so like, you know, for me here at Capital Tech, um, uh, we started several programs in construction that online so we could access more people, but they're, they're not the same old style. So like our, our bachelor's degree in construction management and critical infrastructure includes not only project management, but courses that talk about the technology and protecting critical infrastructure and what those facilities are. We have even more IT and cyber courses than in the normal program. We have a, a degree, a bachelor's degree in construction IT and cybersecurity, which is really designed for somebody who likes the industry and maybe they either want to go into the specific software or they want to be an IT manager, but they need to know the industry because the industry has a lot of uniqueness to it that you get in those classes, you can understand the verbiage, the language, what's going on. So it provides another avenue to help students out there do, you know, in that aspect. In the industry, cybersecurity has become more and more of a threat to construction that it wasn't before. And as, as the construction industry continues, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an industry where you usually have one location or multiple satellite offices, and then you have projects spread across many areas. It could be across states, could be across uh, the world, and so you're working between multiple locations and that technology is, is you know, out there now and, and, and it's, it's, it, you could be attacked through the cyber or you need to know the IT to keep it going because um, there's the, always the key thing in the construction industry is making sure everything's done on time and under cost. And that's the goals as a project manager. And so this technology connection to the project manager and understanding productivity cost elements of this uh, you know it's, it's it's so dynamic and and now you're adding in all the new advances in, in potential technology such as robotic technology that's again it, construction industry adapts slowly but it has to adapt to be successful and because we rely on construction as one of our major economic drivers in the united states it's going to continue to, to be there and grow. And, um, you know, there's, there's many differences between building a simple house to building a high rise in New York city, to building the stadium, to building the road. So, uh, you know, and the technology for each one of those can be slightly different because they're different projects. And, and the real thing about construction is that let's say you have something simple like, uh, um, a drugstore, a Walgreens. Mm -hmm. Well, you can have the same plans for that Walgreens that you always build, but the reality is, is that every site you build on is completely different and it has a different set of issues you have to deal with, whether that's in the mountains of North Carolina or along the coast of Florida, there's complete, that project site is completely different. So it takes that experience and that technology and that good management to be able to adapt that project and make it successful that it comes in again on time and under cost because that's your goal in the construction side. And so you have to, you have to be 
able to be flexible enough and understand that. And, and then on top of that, when you're in a construction industry, you work with many, many different companies. They're usually called subcontractors who are doing pieces of it. So you have to be a really good organizer of all those different companies that are doing pieces of it so that you can integrate them and so that they can be done on time as well. And you have that communication flow and, and, and flow of whatever's needed for resources. Um, one of the good areas that I think all students should learn about, and I helped a company in Chicago do this, is learning lean construction. If you, if you use some of the lean construction techniques in scheduling called last planner, it really has made construction companies even more successful. And so if you can apply that with your knowledge base of the industry, you're really helping a company become more efficient and more cost effective. All good stuff. Uh, certainly appreciate you coming on, uh, Dr. Sims. If, if people want to learn more about Capital Technology University, where can they go? You can just go to our website. It's uh, captechu.edu. That's C-A-P-T-E-C-H-U.edu. And all of our information is there. Uh, certainly my email is there. If anybody has any questions, feel free to directly email me at bsims at captechu.edu. I'm happy to, to help anybody I can. Well, we, uh, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. If you want to learn more about Build Your Path podcast or the built environment overall, go ahead and visit buildyourpath.org. Another big thank you to our guest, Brad Sims from Capital Technology University. Once again, this episode was brought to you by Shapiro and Duncan. Build the lifestyle you deserve. Build Your Path podcasts are produced by the Maryland Center for Construction, Education, and Innovation. I'm Matt Pine. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.